Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, a show to uplift and inspire women and our families, where we tell you not our truth, but the truth with the sweetness of the feminine, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us as women in our vocation in whatever state of life we may find ourselves in. I'm your host, Stacey Galino, and I'm so happy to be here today with my co-host, Dr. Mary Wallace and Erin Berryhill-Franco. Hello, ladies. Hey, everybody. Stacey. Hey, Mary. Hey, girlies. So happy to be with you both today. I've been missing you. I know. It always feels like there's bigger intervals between our time together. I miss you guys. Yeah, but we're here together, and we're so, so happy. We've got all these new listeners that have been um, letting us know that we're listening and commenting and we're getting a a nice wide leadership. But I want to thank you all for listening. And please do feel free to email me at the station at escalino at catholiccommunityradio.org. You can also connect with me at and us at the Faith and Good Counsel page on Facebook. And you can also go out to the Catholic Community Radio dot org website and listen at our to our past shows i know they've been down a little while but they're mm-hmm. coming back up okay and here's some news for you girls my blog the podcasts or the downloads they're coming together really soon so we're gonna have on stacygalino.com i've got somebody helping me i'm so excited so all of those past shows with show notes resources for people oh, good. and so forth will be available for people to download to listen to to find more information to see okay. what we didn't get to that day on the on the blog so stay tuned that is coming so, um, and, and again, welcome our new listeners. We hope you'll keep listening. So as we do every week, every episode, I want to start off with prayer. And today we're going to pray the litany of humility. And I would love to ask the beautiful Erin Franco to lead us in that prayer. I'm so happy to. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Oh, Jesus, meek and humble of heart. Hear Hear me. me. From the desire of being esteemed, from the desire of being loved, from the desire of being extolled, from the desire of being honored, from the desire of being praised, from the desire of being preferred to others, from the desire of being consulted, from the desire of being approved, deliver Deliver me, Jesus. Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, from the fear of being despised, from the fear of suffering rebukes, from the fear of being calumniated, from the fear of being forgotten, from the fear of being ridiculed, from the fear of being wronged, from the fear of being suspected. Deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, that others may be esteemed more than I, that in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease that others may be chosen and I set aside, that others may be praised and I unnoticed, that others may be preferred to me in everything, that others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, Jesus, grant me the grace to to desire it. Amen. Amen. And our patroness of faith and good counsel, our lady of good counsel, please Pray. pray for us. And hey, let's ask too for the intercession of St. Augustine, 
please pray for us because in, in honor of our guest today, who is very, very special to me, but perhaps most special to Aaron, and that would be her beloved spouse, Michael Franco. And he's going to be joining us in the next segment. Um, I just want to remind everybody, though, too, that um, you can not only can you connect with us on Facebook, Faith and Good Counsel there, StacyGalino.com, but we've got Mary's blog, TheWorkingCatholicMom.com. Right. Not lots of good stuff on that particular blog, as well as the Humble Handmaid. Dot com And that's Aaron Franco's blog. And my goodness, between the two of you, we've got all kinds of good wisdom and pearls of wisdom and uh, good godly love and nurturing coming from those blogs. So I um, just want to send everybody out there. And what we're going to talk be talking with Michael about today is his testimony. And he does, in fact, have a powerful testimony. He does. it. The story does remind me a lot of St. Augustine. And um, and so he and Aaron will both be the guests. So we're going to change hats on you next segment, Aaron. So we're going to bring that, that sweetheart of a man on with you. So, But I'd like to hear about St. Augustine. And Mary, I know you have prepared some information for us. A little bit. You know, if you Google St. Augustine, you're going to get a lot of information. And that is because he has been declared a bishop and doctor of the church, of course. And um, it, this St. Augustine was alive and, and, and doing his thing in the early years of the church. So we're talking 354 uh, to 408, I believe. Long four, time ago. Long time ago. And you can apparently still be really bad oh. in, the, in the fourth century there. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and we, as we've seen with some of the other saints we've, we've presented on Faith and Good Counsel, you know, saints are just sinners that learned it <laughs> and got it right, turned it around and, yeah. and became these these great men and women for God. Maybe they were a little hard head for a while, a little oh. testadora, testadora. Yeah. That's uh, Sicilian. Whatever that means. That's Sicilian for hard head. I know this. Oh, there yeah. you go. I'm going to need you to write that down for me. <laughs> so uh, St. Augustine was sort of that bad boy of his day. He he lived a very unchaste lifestyle um, to the chagrin of his mother, St. Monica, and we've, we've presented St. Monica before. Um, he was a philosopher. He went on, uh, he, he was born in, in Africa and then uh, went to study in Rome and took up really with St. Ambrose. Yeah. And uh, St. Ambrose was big in his conversion. You know, he began to hear the story of Jesus and understand it um, through St. Ambrose's eyes, and uh, really that was part of his conversion. And we're talking about a lot of years here. I mean, his mother, oh. heartbroken, and he was quite right. cruel to her. He prayed for, she prayed for him, excuse me, till his mid-30s. Right. And he was quite the intellectual, arrogant man. Little snobbish. Was he not? Yeah. Little snobbish. In fact, I'm, he was uh, in a, a, a religion that was very intellectual. Yes. It was called Manichaeism. Yep. And uh, <clears throat> he really became a leader in that religion, but began to understand some things differently than the Manichist. And they, he was really trying to call them into order on some things. Um, but then, of course, got then tied with St. Ambrose, thank, thank God. Um, and he, he, he was known to utter famous prayers like, grant me chastity and continence. But not yet. Uh -huh. <laughs> he uh -huh. wanted to play uh -huh. out his little lifestyle and um, do his thing. Um, and, and one day as he was praying and um, just really like 
crying out to God, how much longer, O Lord? You know, why do you not put an end to my sins? And he heard a little child say, take and read. Mm. And so he opened up a Bible. And I know the book. It's what, a trivia what question. Is what is it? It was the book of Romans. Yes. yes I remember yes, yes, this. Yes. Yeah, and St. Saint Paul. So just like. Yeah. So say, yeah, you want a hint? <laughs> Phone a friend. Uh, but St. Paul was very big on his conversion as well. He was reading the part of um, the Bible where he was talking about live in imitation of Jesus, put away your foolish desires and live in imitation of Jesus. And so he really then began his conversion there. And so St. Monica, thank God, she was able to see that in her lifetime he was on a trip to see her, though, and she did die while he was mm-hmm. en route. So mm-hmm. I don't think they ever laid eyes on each other again, mm-hmm. from what yeah. I'm reading. Yeah, I think uh, I think it's a little bit, there's a little bit more to it, but I, I wouldn't want to quote what I'm not quite sure of. But um, she definitely knew that he had been converted, right. and she said, I can now die in peace, yes. you know, because my oh, work here yep. is done. Yeah. Erin, what were you saying? Oh, I was just saying, wow, that's beautiful. I mean, the love of a mother, um, I know certainly I've had my my little Augustine, um, who has now been resurrected, thanks be to God, through his surrender and through the mercy and grace of God and through great crosses that he brought on himself. Um, but I am I can definitely tell you that I prayed and prayed and prayed and would have sacrificed my life. And I learned so much from Monica to try to bring my Augustine around. And when so. we when we presented St. Monica um, back way months ago, we talked about St. Monica and St. Augustine's story are inseparable. Right. You know, because it was, uh, you know, some of the things he went through, but it was really lots of the prayers of Monica that mm-hmm. brought his conversion. Mm-hmm. So that is so beautiful. We, we definitely we, it, it could always use the intercession of St. Augustine. I mean, all of us have a little Augustine in us. Absolutely. Our pride. You know, this is why I chose again for us to pray the litany of humility. We need to be praying that. uh, At least I do several times a day. That's a hard one. That's a hard one, but that's the one that brings us most in union with Christ. So thank you, Mary. I love love hearing about St. Augustine. And by the way, if you out there want to know more about him, read his confessions. Oh. I've tried to get through the whole thing. I, I it's it's written in older language, of course, well, so it's a little difficult. But have you read it? I, I've started to read it. You really have to read it in quiet. But that is where we get the quote: My, "Our hearts are restless until they yes. rest in you." And so there are meat and potatoes like that all throughout right. the confessions. It's a real heady book. It's kind of philosophical. And so you've got to really read it in quiet. That's true. <laughs> Maybe adoration. Oh, perhaps that perhaps, would be a great time. Perhaps adoration. So, you know, yeah, I see your hand there, Erin. Uh-huh. What's up, girl? Oh, 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 girls, I was just thinking, I think for me, Saint, I haven't read the confessions or anything, but I think for me, St. Augustine has always just stood as a saint for hope for oh, people yes. just to keep praying for those people in our lives that it seems so hopeless. They're never going to change. They're never going to find the Lord. And I, I just, I really looked to him as someone who was so far gone and the Lord did, you know, through St. Augustine letting him, I guess, but yeah. the Lord brought him back. And so I just, I always think about him in that way. Well, absolutely. And, he, and they say he's a patron for brewers because of the <laughs> lifestyle he led. Like a, a beer brewing? Like a beer, beer brewer. Huh. 
And because of the lifestyle he led and really, if you have a particular vice or a bad habit Mm -hmm. that you really need um, to to get rid of, that St. Augustine is the one that you want to call on for those heavy duty prayers. I, I can see that. I can see that. Well, you know, I, I just receive so much um, wisdom and, and grace and comfort in knowing that God can do anything. And and I always say to mothers who have wayward children or whatever the problem is, you can never, ever give up. Even though you feel like giving up, like there's no hope, look at St. Augustine and look at his mama. And look at his father. Who was a pagan. She converted him too. She converted him as well. No wonder St. Monica was raised to sainthood. That woman and her prayers. Well, speaking of saints, I've got two saints with little S's here with me today. That's Mary and Aaron in our last few minutes here. That's right. We're working toward the big S. That's right. That's right. Smile. Don't go (gasps) when I say that. (laughs) But just real, real quick in our last few minutes here, I want to catch up. I know, Mary, you had a talk that you did recently. We've got just a minute or two here. Sure. I, I was invited to speak at a small parish in a very rural community to mothers and uh-huh. just sort of give some encouragement. And the talk, the title of the talk was my cup runneth over encouragement oh. from mothers. And I really took, um, sort of the view on it of sometimes we think our cup runneth over and it's all these things we have to do, right? Like our to do list, but our cup runneth over and the embedded in the Psalm mm-hmm. is very much about our blessings in life and the way that we know what those blessings are, are to sit quietly at the feet of Jesus, just like Mary did. Um, you know, Martha was not bad. She mm-hmm. was, she just had her to-do list. That's right. And she was busy about doing it. I'm getting a little right. frustrated with Mary. Oh, frankly. she really, <laughs> she really did. And Jesus kind of put her in her place Oh, well, I, <laughs> in a very loving that's surrendered right. way for that's her. That's right. So. Well, this is so exciting that you're doing these talks, Mary. And you can, uh, there was actually a write-up about her talk, and it was in the Catholic Commentator, which is the local Baton Rouge paper. But you can look at that online if you look at Catholic Commentator for Baton Rouge at your search engine. And so in our last minute here, I guess, Erin, we'll check in with you when we come back. Um, everyone, you're listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino, my beautiful co-host of the day, Mary Wallace. And Aaron Barry Hill Franco will be back in just a moment with Michael Franco and his testimony. Greg A. Kennedy is today's sponsor of the day and supports Catholic programming on Catholic Community Radio. Greg A. Kennedy, CPA. 225-292-5112. Prayer is vital. The early church fathers said that without prayer, there is no salvation. But as simple as prayer is, it can seem pretty complicated. At least that was my experience until I participated in a dynamic prayer series called Lord, Teach Me to Pray. The series helped me to connect with God, to move beyond just thinking about God. It helped me to actually pray from the heart. Based on the prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola, Lord, Teach Me to Pray is now coming to St. Jude the Apostle Catholic Church. A free training retreat for men and women will be held on June 22nd at St. Jude. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Arthur J. Gallagher Risk Management Services is an independent insurance broker and has been a supporter of programming on Catholic Community Radio for over two years. Arthur J. Gallagher Risk Management Services.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel. I'm your host, Stacey Bellino, here with my co-host, the beautiful, the lovely, the articulate Dr. Mary Wallace, and the beautiful, humble handmaid, Erin Berryhill Franco. Welcome back, girls. Glad to be Thank back. You. you know, glad to be back. You know, we didn't get to actually check in with Aaron, and um, you all may recall that their beautiful daughter, Gianna Therese, was born recently, and she is such a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful child. I hope you'll go out to uh, Aaron's blog and her Facebook page and take a look at, at their beautiful family. Um, what a, how's she doing? Is she uh, bringing lots of joy to the family? Is she talking yet? Um, a little less sleep, but a lot more joy. For All sure. right. Awesome. All right. She's a baby. She's a very good baby. And we're, we're, we're really enjoying watching movies at night with her on our chest and, Aww. you know, doing all that, that sweet newborn stuff. And the, and so Gab- Gabriel and little faith are, are adjusting pretty well. Um, you know, I, I would say that the little one, the little, uh, almost two year old is having a little trouble sharing her mom right now, yeah. <laughs> but she's okay. <laughs> they are so hilarious. They make us laugh every day. Oh, it's so, so sweet. Awesome. I have to say, I have seen the pictures, Erin, and she does look a little bit like your husband. <laughs> she does oh, look like Michael. Little. Just a little. <laughs> Michael's in the That's background it. going, yeah. yeah. She's a little Italian baby. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Sicilian baby. Oh, well, you know, I, I want to do, I want to go ahead and bring on Michael. Michael, are you there? Yes, I am. All right. So this, you are hearing the voice finally of Erin's beloved spouse michael franco and my my precious heart my dear friend and you know michael thanks for coming on and agreeing to be on with us today i think it's so important the witness that you and aaron have to share with everybody about what it is to live out the fullness of a catholic life with its joys and sorrows and that's why i've asked you here today um and i I do want to start off though letting people know a little bit about you and where you're coming from. And we often talk about the importance of, of a Catholic understanding of marriage and family, theology, the body, purity and chastity and so forth. And, and, and these topics can often be very broad though, or very overwhelming or really nonspecific to someone who's trying to figure out where to start to live a holy, virtuous Catholic family life. I hear this all the time. I don't know what to do. I understand it in concept, but I don't know what to do. And that's why we're so blessed to have you here with us, Michael, today with your your beautiful bride, Erin. And you're going to take us through, I know, your lived experience as a young, growing family. And y'all are making this beautiful effort to live out the fullness of the faith. And I, I like to say within the splendor of the ordinary, Erin, I love I love that you love St. Jose Maria, and he just is, is just the master of the splendor, the beauty, the virtue of the ordinary. ordinary. Absolutely, yes. absolutely. So, so Michael, let's, I, I want you to start, I'm, I'm going to give a little bio on you. You, you t- stop me when I'm wrong, okay? Because I have a couple <laughs> little blanks here. I didn't check with you first, but you are definitely husband to Aaron. You, you all were married on August 8th of 2008 so 888 I love that that's beautiful yeah and father to three beautiful children Gabriel who is three Faith who is almost a year and a half half. okay and then Gianna Therese born what day May what 
Cinco de Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. Oh, I love it. I love it. So, graduate of LSU. I don't remember the year, though, Michael. What's the year? 2008. 2008. And you were, if I recall, an engineer of sorts. I like to call you my NASA astronaut engineer, but that's not right. I know you worked. (laughs) Yeah, I, I finished in mechanical engineering and went to work for NASA. And now you are? Owner of Crosscut Lawn Care. That's right. You have become an entrepreneur there in Houston, Texas, and doing a mighty fine job there. But, you know, Michael, I know you to be a man of great virtue, very, very involved in the practice of your Catholic faith, but that hasn't always been the case, has it? No, no, no and I want you to take us back a bit before you met Aaron and maybe tell it start maybe in your high school years. I mean, well, going back further, were you raised cradle Catholic, went to Catholic yeah. schools, all that? Okay. Right. So maybe yeah. due to time restrictions, maybe start us off in high school and kind of give us a view of where Michael Franco was at that time. Um, so uh, growing up, you know, I was raised a cradle Catholic, um, and then going into high school, uh, we learned all the things you typically learn in religion class um, in high school and, and that sort of thing, but it never really stuck. Um, mm-hmm. I started hanging out with uh, people who didn't have the beliefs that I should have had. Um, I, I started heavily drinking at mm-hmm. 15, and, um, and then that turned into doing drugs and that sort of thing. Um, why do you think, can I interrupt you? Why do you think that is, was there some kind of something going on in your life or was it just the cool thing to do and everybody was doing it? Or was there some kind of wound or something that you needed, you were looking for, maybe you were looking for God. I I don't know. I I think, I think it was a mixture. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I was blaming God for a lot of things. Yeah. Um, my father is a hundred percent blind and obviously it, created a different childhood mm-hmm. than most people have growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I blamed him for a lot of things that included, um, it pushed me away from the church, uh, just taking me in, into a place that I didn't want to be. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I started hanging out with, with the wrong people and, you know, they were atheists and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. um, it pulled me away from the church and mm-hmm. it created this self-centered um, part of me that sh- that I didn't want to have, yeah. um, but I didn't see it at the time. Right. Of course, whenever you're in it, you don't necessarily see it, and uh, and this went on through high school and and even into college. Um, I was very fortunate in college to to meet a couple of people who forced me to go on this retreat. Uh-huh. Um, you know, based based out of New Orleans and, and Baton Rouge, it's the tech retreat. And uh, and that was kind of a conversion for me. Um, but before that, I had lots of just poor relationships, not only with the, the people I was friends with, but also with girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girlfriends that I had weren't the girlfriends that guys typically want to marry. Mm-hmm. Um, I know mm-hmm. that sounds bad, but a lot of times you'll ask you know, a man that's in a bad relationship, you know, is this the type of woman you want to marry? And they're like, no, actually, I want somebody who's going to treat me better and, and this and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. who's who's just a different person altogether. 
Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I didn't see it at the time, but I just, not just with my friends, but the people I was dating weren't the right people. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, going on this retreat, it kind of showed me that, you know, I, I thought God wasn't there for me throughout mm -hmm. those years, but really he was right there by my side the entire time. Right. And, you know, I can't really pinpoint what it was, but just something on that weekend just slapped me in the face to show me that he really has been there the entire time. How old were you, Michael? What what time period was this? So uh, when I went on the retreat, I was 18. Oh, 18. So you got the, the Divine Providence 2 by 4 at the age of 18. Right. Is that well, <laughs> well, we'll go with partially. Okay. So, That's usually how it goes. So, <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So that, that kind of was a conversion to show me that God was really there. Mm -hmm. However, it wasn't a conversion for me wanting to live my life as as a true man of God. I didn't really know what that was until about the age of 24. Mm. So I was still, I was still into the, the bad habits. Um, you know, I wasn't really, I wouldn't call myself a drunk, but I, I was drinking a lot, but mm -hmm. um, the drugs were still part of the life that I was yeah. living, um, tearing me down. And, you know, it wasn't just the light drugs. It was some of the heavier things as well. Mm -hmm. And they really, it, it was more of a, of a feel good thing, you know, what, what's going to make me feel good, right. not as much as what's going to make me a better person and show other people, um, more of how to get to heaven, right. you know, making sure that, that I'm treating people the way that they should be treated. Right. Um, and so, you know, you fast forward a few years and, and I kind of had a conversion got away from a lot of the bad things. How, well, tell us about that conversion, though. What happened? So, um, Don't skip so really, that. <laughs> That's good stuff. That's we the meat that. and potatoes, Michael. We need that. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, I have really great brothers and um, blood brothers. You know, I have a lot of friends who I call brothers. But um, but I think one of the, the points that kind of turned me was um, one of my brothers came to stay with me. Uh, I'm the oldest of five, and so they always look up to me, mm -hmm. and they've they always kind of frowned upon me doing the, the things that I was doing, and so I had one of them come stay with me uh, while I was in college uh, at the house that I was running out, and um, basically, you know, did did some stuff that night and got really sick mm. uh, because of it, and didn't get to hang out with the one who came to stay with me and looked up to me and wanted to hang out with me as his big brother. Mm -hmm. And so that kind of, you know, seeing, seeing the shame, uh, mm -hmm. you know, and the, and the disgust in his face of what had happened. Um, it was my own brother who helped me get away from all of that, whether he knew it or not, yeah. it was, it was seeing the look of disappointment, I think yeah. is the best word for that on his face. And, uh, and that kind of pulled, that actually pulled me away. That was the last time I did anything like that, um, was, you know, probably at the age of 20 or 21. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if you fast forward a few years, you know, I still, I still wasn't in the right mind as far as dating girls. Yeah. I didn't know what theology of the body was. Yeah. I didn't know how to treat a woman properly. It was all always still with the relationships about the feel good. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about 
how am I going to get you closer to God and, and into heaven eventually one day? Um, so Katrina hit, and um, after Katrina hit, my brother and I decided we wanted to get away for a summer. So the following summer, we decided to go up to summer camp, which is where I happened to meet my lovely wife. Ah, Camp Catalia and Camp Chostatonga? Chostatonga. Chostatonga. Yeah. Chostatonga and Catalia in North Carolina. Um, and that's that's where we met. And from the from the time Katrina hit until we were getting up to summer camp the following summer, that was kind that was a big year for me. Um, I was really trying to to focus on um, learning more of of who I wanted to be before getting into another relationship. You know, mm -hmm. from the time I was sixteen until twenty three, I was in and out of a relationship every every month, every few months, I was dating somebody new. Um, but for that time period, six or eight or whatever months um, before the summer camp, I was really trying to focus on making myself a better person before I could date somebody else. Um, and so when I got up to the summer camps that summer, you know, I had some really, really good role models that were helping me figure out how to be a true man of God and how to treat a woman the way a woman is supposed to be treated, the way God designed us. That's um, beautiful. It's so and, beautiful. Uh, what's that? I just said that's so beautiful. I'm just reflecting. Yeah. And and you know, Michael, <laughs> I guess I, I guess this might be a good point for us to to say um, that what I'm hearing from you is a young man. Who, who as a you as a young man, rather, in a lot of pain, searching, looking for God, maybe some woundedness there, sought it out in all the places that would not satisfy, left you thirsting. And we're now at the point where resurrection is beginning because you're talking about some very selfless things, trying to improve yourself to be a man, a godly man. And when we come back, I want to continue this story and continue us on into that resurrection because I want to provide hope for someone who may be listening who has a child who has suffered maybe in the ways that you have. So everyone, you are listening to Faith and Good Counsel with Stacey Galino, Aaron Berryhill Franco, Mary Wallace, and Michael Franco. We'll be back in a few minutes. Just as the Father who has life sent me, and I have life because of the Father. So the man who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and died nonetheless, the man who feeds on this bread shall live forever. Scripture Highlights, brought to you by Greg A. Kennedy, CPA, 225-292-5112. Hi, this is Laura Manderfield Kransky with St. Mary's Books and Gifts. We are proud to support the mission of Catholic Community Radio. We carry Catholic items such as books, art, and sacramental gifts. St. Mary's is located on the corner of Florida and Sherwood Forest Boulevard. Our phone number is 272-4030. St. Mary's, the little bookstore with a big heart and a thirsting desire to spread the good news. Home, at work, and worldwide, you can listen to Catholic Radio for your community online. CatholicCommunityRadio.org. Celebrating the Year of Faith 
Catholic Community Radio. Catholic Radio for your community. Catholic Community Radio is a listener-supported apostolate, but we do have sponsorship opportunities for business owners. I'm here with Louis Prejean, Director of Development. Louis, if I'm a business owner that wants to support the mission of Catholic Radio, what do I do? Yeah, basically, just give me a call. You know, I'd love to hear from you. If you're a business owner or a business manager, you know, and you're looking for more visibility within the community, give us a call, and you can reach me anytime at area code 225-448-3754. Everybody, this is Faith and Good Counsel with Stacy Galino, Mary Wallace, and Erin Berryhill Franco with her beloved spouse today as our guest, Michael Franco. Welcome back, everybody. Hey there. Michael, you left us hanging. You were at summer camp <laughs> and you saw this beautiful daughter of the most high God. Take it pick us up from there. I want to hear how that went. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, the moment I saw her, I just knew she was special from, from the get go. Um, you know, I, I went up there not even realizing we were going to spend a lot of time with the sister camp. And so I went up there just to ride bikes for the entire summer. And it (laughs) turned out that we got to hang out quite a bit more than that. Uh (laughs) And, uh, and so I knew that I needed, I needed to be a man of God before I could get into another relationship. So when I got up to camp, I just, I surrounded myself with guys who were already there and who were already working on being even better men of God than they already were. And so that helped me get to where I needed to be in in order to to start dating again. Mm -hmm. Um, And so after what I thought was inconspicuous flirting, I decided to, to ask Aaron. <laughs> that is very intriguing. <laughs> I, I decided to, to ask her out on a date. And, and you know, to be honest, to my surprise, she actually rejected me at Ooh, first. <laughs> good for you, Aaron. It was very conspicuous flirting. <laughs> I was mortified. I was Wait, oh, mortified. Well, let me ask you, Aaron, I want to ask you, what did you think? You've got this rather handsome, dashing Sicilian young man who is uh, flirting with you. What did you think? Uh, I was pretty terrified. I actually had never dated anybody, and I had gone up to the camps as well to uh, teach horseback riding, so I thought it was I was just going to be riding horses all summer and playing with little kids. And um, so anyway, I, um, I, was, I was just... I was terrified. I think something in me knew that this was, um, this was different. Um, this is a different type of guy, uh, than what I had kind of been looking at before. This Mm -hmm. was a godly guy. And I was, I'd really at the time was really kind of focusing in on the kind of guy that I wanted to date, especially coming off of, um, experiences modeling right out of in high school and out of high school. I, I was really learning about being a woman, um, a woman who knew her feminine, feminine beauty was from the inside. And, and I was learning about like, there really were guys out there who would see me from my heart instead of what I looked like, you know? And, um, and that Michael definitely was that. And I I was just freaked out, but, um, he was 
so sweet. And I wrote him a little note and it went over the mountain in the truck. And I told him I'd go on one date with him. <laughs> and we did. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, one thing I, I just, it's pretty important to the story is um, Aaron was really the first girl that I ever became attracted to um, because of not just her, her outside beauty, but her inner beauty as well. Mm. Um, I, I remember uh, very specifically having just a conversation with her one night, and that's when I immediately fell in love with the kind of person she was. Isn't that, that just moves my heart. I just like want to start crying. You know, it's so, so beautiful. Michael, what you're speaking, you are speaking theology of the body. And to me, this, this is like God having his hand on you this whole time and preparing you and letting you fall and get back up and fall and struggle and rewarding you with the fruit of the grace of this opportunity for this beautiful woman to spend your life with. I just think it's so, so beautiful. You know, it reminds me, too, that, you know, you were talking about, I didn't know anything about theology of the body. I didn't have the words for theology of the body. And it just reminds me that theology of the body is written in our hearts. It's not as if it's this, uh, it is a major theology. Of course, John Paul gave us something beautiful in the church. But it's already written in our hearts that we yearn for these beautiful things um, and, and beautiful people. And, and I think that's just such a testimony to your story as well, Michael. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that I, I happen to know is that they teach theology of the body at this camp and were you both recipients of this teaching and, and tell and, us. And actually what's, what's ironic and funny at the same time was, uh, you know, they were, they were trying it out. I think, um, uh, that summer that we got up there and I, was giving a talk with four or five other guys that was pretty much theology of the body. Um, and I was just learning it and they were, they were well versed in it already. Um, but that was the beginning of Aaron and I, I mean, we give lots of talks on, on this subject now. Um, but that summer is really what kickstarted us learning about theology mm -hmm. of the body. Aaron, Aaron and I learning about theology of the body. I want to come yeah. to one of your talks. Yeah, when's your, <laughs> when's your next one? Yeah. And we uh, want to hold baby Gianna. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, what? I, I guess maybe let's explore that a little bit because is your, is your audience who you're teaching, are they teenagers or are they adults when you do go out and teach now? Um, more often than not, it's the teenagers and those young adults mm. that are just getting into college. How is it, you know, chastity and purity – are very countercultural. That's not what our society promotes. They certainly don't promote the beauty and of women as daughters of the Most High God or men as sons of the Most High God. You know, how is it that you are able um, to reach the hearts of these young people with this teaching of, of John Paul II? Um, I, I think part partly because we're really not much older than a lot of them. Um, you know, when we started doing this, I think started speaking, Aaron was the same age as, as some of them, and I was just a, a few years older. Um, and I think by connecting with them on that level, as well as a level of learn from my mistakes, you don't want to go through that pain, um, mm -hmm. I think that has a lot to do with it as well. Yeah. And we're not professional speakers. You know, we're, we don't have it all together. We're just real people, real Catholic people in a relationship trying to live what we think 
what the church teaches and how we think God wants us to live our lives. And I think that that connects with them too, that we're just, we're, we're real, we're down to earth. And we said, look, we struggled too. We, you know, almost broke up so many times. We prayed so hard. We read these particular books and we got through it and we did it too. Yeah. It's just an authentic type of presentation as well. You guys, y'all have such an authentic um, bond and, Y'all are just sharing that, which is what the Lord calls us to do, right? Exactly. And, and, you yeah, know, and you know, one thing that we always talk about now that we have kids is that um, we kind of give them the analogy about about what the church teaches on chastity and the theology of the body, which seems like a lot of rules, right? Mm-hmm. And we say, we have this little three and a half year old Gabriel, and we say, Gabe, don't touch a stove. It's hot. You're going to get burned. And, uh, and that's something that we teach him now. But one day... He's not going to need us to have that rule in our house because he's going to get it. He's going to understand that if he touches that stove, things aren't going to go well for him. He's going to get hurt. And I think that's something that we understood when we were learning about, we got it when we learned about the theology of the body, that these rules are in place to protect our hearts. And they're here to help us have good and holy and fruitful and lasting relationships. And whenever we go against the rules, that's whenever we get our hearts broken and we hurt ourselves and we complicate things. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you just, at some point you just kind of get it and you don't need the, don't have sex before marriage right. or don't look at pornography or whatever it, those are, you know, it, it doesn't become a rule at that point. It becomes something you want to believe in. Right. Yeah. It's second nature. And, and it is some chastity and purity. It sounds like it was something that you all practiced um, during your dating period and your engagement period, I bet you get a lot of questions about that. We do, um, because we came from separate lines of thought on that. I came from, it was okay to be physical, and she came from the opposite. And that's when she mentioned that we almost broke up a few times. It was really more of getting me to truly understand and learn um, why and how we were created uh, and that that was a big struggle, but we we did it. We practiced a, a chaste and pure relationship, and and we still do, and it's been wonderful. And, and I think that's a great thing that you just said at the end there, Michael. We still do practice that, and that is such a part of the theology of the body, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's it Even doesn't it doesn't stop the day you get married, right? It's still more of a, uh, giving yourself to the other person and not being selfish. Right. It's not uh, no holds bar just because you're married. Exactly. And that's something I think a lot of people don't understand when they get married. And that's where a lot of problems, unfortunately, pop up in marriages, too. And speaking of that, you know, someone listening may think, oh, everything's just hunky-dory and perfect. They're all Catholic and everything's just butterflies (laughs) and and roses. And that's not really the case, is it? Oh, Michael and I were hoping you would mention that. (laughs) (laughs) It's a constant struggle. It really is. Yeah, we're, we're working on something constantly like everybody else. And we're just trying, you know, when one of us is when one of us is a little weaker on something, the other one has to step up and be a leader. You know, we and that's how marriage works so far. We just, yeah. you know, we're just trying to help each other get to heaven. And trust me, we're not perfect <laughs> at well, all. It, it reminds me, too, of uh, when my husband and I were in marriage encounter. One of the big quotes was to love is a decision. 
Love is not yeah. just this emotion, mm -hmm. but that mm -hmm. every day, you know, every day when I wake up and my bro my husband's breath stinks and, <laughs> you know, he leaves the cap off the toothpaste and it's just an annoying morning in the house. I still have to make a choice to love him in that moment. And I bet if you pray that litany of humility, it might it might not irritate you so badly. Uh, huh? That's what I do. I, I try. <laughs> I try. I, that's what I try to do with my St. Joseph. You know, in our last minute here, guys, I, I, I feel like we've only scratched the surface. I know there's so, so much more to talk about. But I just wonder, you know, you've got a forum here and you can offer some pearls of wisdom, maybe to a young couple that is, is dating or engaged or or maybe someone longing for their future beloved spouse. What wisdom can you both provide to them in our last couple of minutes here? Um, I would say to somebody who maybe hasn't met her St. Joseph or his St. Mary, I guess you would call it, <laughs> or his beloved. Um, I I was 19 when I met Michael, and I know that that's young now, but at the time I was like, I'm 19 and I haven't ever had a serious <laughs> relationship. Oh my God, I wrong with me. I should be a nun. But, um, but, but I would say that someone, someone told me at that time, uh, she said, Aaron, if you haven't met your spouse yet, it's probably because the Lord is working on him for you and working on you for him. Agreed. And God oh, has perfect timing. So start praying for him if you feel called to marriage and just trust him and try to, your vocation is to love and know and serve the Lord and bring him to others and do that. And the Lord will bring your St. Joseph to you at some point. Amen. So that would be my little pearl. Amen. She, she stole mine. Ah. <laughs> uh, um, and, you know, I, I guess just to build off of that is, um, is to listen. You yeah. know, I had to listen to Aaron in order for our relationship to work. You know, guys typically tend to think that they're right in everything. Uh -huh. and, Testadora. And, <laughs> yeah. And it takes, it takes a lot to, to, to say that, okay, yeah, I was wrong. Um, mm. So I think, I think listening to each other is is definitely a, a big part of a mm -hmm. successful relationship and pray about it and pray together too. every huh? single day no matter what even if you're mad That's even right. if it's 11 45 and you want to get in bed well and, and pray what when I have you back and I'd love for you both to come back I want to talk with you about parenting to foster our identity, our, your children's identity as daughters and sons of the most high God because that my friends is so, so important in preventing even, may I say, psychiatric disorders. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Um, and so much pain further down the line. And I, I bet I bet that you guys are doing that in your beautiful family. So um, in our last moment here, I want to thank you both so much for being so open and honest. And um, God bless you in your marriage. I pray for you often. I love both of you. I know you both personally and um, it's been such a pleasure I know Mary would agree with me absolutely to have them and and you know it's been great to hear your voice too Michael by the way yes <laughs> we've heard lots I've heard lots about you well <laughs> you know St. Catherine says and I believe you all are doing this if you are what you should be you will set the world ablaze thank you everybody for listening thank you for tuning in I hope you'll come back and join us again on faith and good counsel until we meet again may God bless you and shine his face upon you and give you peace. Bye-bye.
Citizens Bank and Trust is a proud supporter of Catholic Community Radio. Citizens Bank and Trust, online at citizensbankandtrust.com. That's citizensbankandtrust.com. Hi, everyone. This is Father Jerry Martin from St. Patrick Parish in Baton Rouge, speaking on behalf of WPYR 1380 AM Baton Rouge. I hope you enjoy this station as much as I do. This is Bishop Robert Munch of the Diocese of Baton Rouge, welcoming all listeners to 1380 AM Baton Rouge, Catholic radio for our community. May God bless you and the Holy Spirit guide you to grow deeper in prayer and in your Catholic faith. God's peace be with you now and always. Catholic Community Radio, celebrating the year of faith. 